Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 64, Fast and Furious Spy Racers. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Anim School. Anim School is an online school devoted to teaching the many skills used in 3D productions <laughs> from gaming to commercials to film. They teach students who want to make characters, modeling and rigging, or make them move and act animation. Thank you to Anim School. Such a fitting sponsor to talk about to kick off, first of all, 2020, a new decade, a new year, a new decade of Too Fast, True. Too Forever. Two zero two zero too fast too forever. Oh, I like. We're also kicking off with the Netflix series Spy Racers, which just came out the day after Christmas. So I hope if you are listening to this that you have seen all eight episodes, which basically is like a long movie, which we will get to after the break. It's not that much. Before we get there, before we talk about all of our thoughts and all of the fast connections, Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to? I feel like we just recorded. I don't know when we recorded, but I feel like we just recorded. But like, what have you been up to? I know you you took at least one trip. Yeah. We went this weekend to D.C. to visit Rachel's parents, Mm -hmm. like a post-Christmas visit. So we went down there, and I also snuck in a trip to the last Steelers game of the season. They lost, but it didn't matter (laughs) because they would have not been in the playoffs anyways. It was rainy, but we had ponchos, and we still had a really good time. I got to see one of my buddies that lives in Baltimore, went to the game, still had fun. It was just a good time, so... I still enjoyed myself. Cool. Yep. Anything else of note? I saw that Matt flew up, I think, right? Yeah, Matt was here, but he was here for Christmas, and he actually came with me to D.C., and then to Baltimore, and he came to the game with me. He went there, then I visited another friend that lived in Baltimore. M&T Bank Stadium is fucking awesome, by the way. Is it near the Inner Harbor, or is it not near the Inner Harbor? It's not that far from, like, Baltimore. Like, my buddy lives in Federal Hill, which is, like, another big neighborhood there. It's walking distance from his house. Like, it's like a 20-minute walk but he can walk it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You can get there and home pretty easy if you live in like one of the neighborhoods. Like it's it's not as far as say like MetLife from New York, you know, like it's like it's far. Oh yeah, it's right next to yeah, right next to Camden Yards, and it's right near like it's like three or four blocks away from the Inner Harbor, which is sort of the touristy like where all the uh, yeah. restaurants and everything are. So yeah, that's cool, very cool. Yeah, they just remodeled it, so like they have all these like cool food things in there. There's like a ton of big screen TVs and like projection like in the the concourse like they have like huge tvs in the concourse so like if you go out to get a beer or something you can still see the game really well the seats were good i posted a picture i'm sure you saw it yeah we were like five rows back because nobody was going because baltimore sat all their good players and they were already like locked in so again we're in a weird sort of in between where like by the time this episode comes out uh the vikings will have probably lost to the saints or had a miraculous <laughs> comeback and you know won down in new orleans yeah um so i don't know what the, the you know the future lies in limbo i guess i have not done a ton since we last recorded because my sister was up we had some good family dinners and then on saturday after she left i went to see uncut gems again which i talked about and i loved and then i saw the new little women movie which i also loved and so cool. if you can see either of those go see either of those not you for little women because i don't think that's your speed at all probably not yeah it was cool and then we were recording earlier in the week because we have to do another peek behind the curtain because i'm going away next week and i'll have things to talk about in the next episode we have to record another thing sort of later in this week so we're moving things up and who boy does feel like we just recorded because we kind of just did just record but we're here again to talk about a thing we have a patreon page here on the show patreon.com slash too fast too forever or just too fast too forever.com 
Thank you to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, and Justin Kleinman for supporting us over there. Thank you all Thank so you. very much. We're getting ever closer to lap six and lap seven in our next True. you know rounds of Patreon picks. So I still I put out an email to Ben Milliman, and I also put out uh, we sent we sent Jake a message because we have the picks for Alex and Nick for what they want us to cover next year. Yeah, but we're still waiting on the other two, so it's not too late if you're out there and you have something that you want us to watch. You can head over to Patreon.com and get that thing put your words in or whatever um you know True. let us know what you want but go to too fast forever.com for that i'm gonna go check our apple podcast ratings and reviews no new ratings no new reviews if you want to do something very kind very special for us go to apple podcast leave us a five-star rating leave us a nice review if you wouldn't mind uh we can read it on air Please. thank you thank you thank you before we get to the email bag and there is one email to read i do want to point out uh there is this week as we're recording this, last week as it came as it comes out, uh, Mark Marin had a podcast episode on Monday the thirtieth with this woman named Shauna Duggins, okay, uh, who is that? a stunt stunt woman and a stunt coordinator. He knows her through Glow because she does a lot of the coordination of stunts on Glow, the wrestling show. But okay. specific to, I think it's, it's it's an awesome interview because it's a look at a, a thing in Hollywood that everybody kind of knows about, but nobody really knows how it really works, I don't think. And stunts? so it's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. That was cool. But then she's talking about how she does like Marvel movies. She's done like MCU movies. She's done this. She's done that. And she talks about how she's doing Fast Five and she was driving the NSX at the beginning when they're oh. busting Dom out of the bus. I don't want to spoil the story if you want to listen to that, but there's a really cool story, kind of a scary story about that. So Shauna Duggins, it's like an hour-long interview. It's really, really great if you want a little bit more insight, because she's got a lot of great stories about just being a stunt woman and how it all works, but also that the movies really that she's cool. worked on. It's awesome. So Mark Maron's podcast, WTF, the Shauna Duggins episode from December 30th. I would say check that out. Yeah, that's awesome. This is one of these things that I always imagine is like, oh, wow, this is really, really safe. Like, you're like, yeah, I'm sure that they have, like, all these engineers that, like, look at this, and you're like, nah, it's probably, like, a bunch of people just doing it. Like, there's safety involved, but at the same time, it's, like, a lot of crazy people doing wacky stuff. She does a really good job of talking about the safety precautions and how, like, basically a lot of it is, like, you're literally trusting someone else with your life and how she won't mm-hmm. do it with certain people and whatever, or wants to make sure that... She knows who's rigging things up because she has gotten hurt and all this different stuff. But then there's like people just mess up while they're on while they're doing something. And again, don't want to you know ruin the story of Fast Five. But she almost died while making Fast Five, wow. so things almost broke bad in a very very bad way. Didn't one of the stunt doubles in Fast Nine recently get like really really injured? I think yeah, I think they stopped shooting. I think yeah. Yeah, he got like yeah. Because at the end of the day, you are like she's talking about how she's doing eighty foot jumps onto or eighty foot falls onto like an airbag. She's talking about how she's getting on fire she's talking about how she's like in these crazy car stunts it's as safe as it can be but you're also still doing crazy things that's what i'm saying yeah and things like can we always bad. imagine like oh man like this i'm sure they had 50 people there but it's like you're still on fire you know so so i think you know if, you, if you're interested in, at, in all uh, or at all in that uh, go check that out and she was also talking about you know sort of second unit stuff and one of the guys that she was training with is also does a lot of the second unit stuff on fast and furious which is mostly all the kind of pickups with like body doubles and stunt doubles and action scenes where the main actors necessarily aren't involved so there's a lot of sort of tangential fast and furious stuff in the in the interview so go check that out if you have an hour yeah sounds good especially since this episode is probably gonna be i mean who knows but since this episode will probably be a little bit shorter if you need a little bit more time in your podcast week go check out mark maron's podcast from last week okay we have an email address here on the show family at cageclub.me joe one email today okay new emailer but not a new listener someone we know has been very active 
on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page, on our Twitter page. Okay. Jason Dickinson. You know Jason. I know Jason. Everybody yes. knows Jason. Yeah. He, we've messaged before. He sends us messages all the time. He sends us cool pictures, mm-hmm. his collection. I know exactly who it is. Yep. Jason, subject line, the Fast and Furious franchise. He says, hey, guys, what's up? I love y'all so much. I love the Fast and Furious franchise. I watch Fast and Furious every weekend. Man, I can't wait for Fast and Furious 9. Stay fast. Stay furious. Same. I can't wait for Fast and Furious 9. I think he just sent us a message as, like, the trailer's coming out soon. Yeah, it's the, uh, it comes out the 30th or whatever at that concert in Miami, so, oh boy, right. it's, yeah. it's getting close. Yeah, we're gonna get, get 2F2F2 there. 2F2F2 Miami. Thank you for writing in, Jason. I'm glad you're listening. We wonder, you know, if people that write in listen, so it's good to hear back from you. I think he mostly watches on YouTube, and this is a friendly reminder that if you want to, if it's easier for you to listen on YouTube, every one of our podcasts is up there. Uh, there's no, you know, the video is not a video, just a still image. But yeah. if you want to go check it out at youtube.com slash C, as in channel, slash too fast, too forever, you can go do that thing. That's actually a good reminder. You update it, so <laughs> it exists. Yeah, we have a lot of subscribers over there. It feels like I was looking through, and it feels like people, I think it's mostly bots watching over there, plus a couple I actual think, I think people. it's a lot of people try to find the movies and yeah. find us, and then click play, and they're like, God damn it, and then they turn it off, probably. For some reason, people are most interested in finding Tokyo Drift, and I don't know why that is. Same. Yeah, I noticed that all but the there's, Tokyo Drift But there's one of our videos, like most of our videos have like 10 or 20 or 50 views. Like it's not a lot. People are finding it for whatever reason. But then there's like one Tokyo Drift video, video that has like 40,000 views, and I don't know why. And then yeah. other Tokyo Drift ones have like 2,000 views, which is still like way more. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> there's a middle ground, and I don't understand how people use our stuff on YouTube. But you I don't know. know, man. On the streets, news about the Fast and Furious universe. I don't think much has happened since we last recorded. There is rumor, though, that there's going to be a Fast and Furious Lego figurine, maybe about oh, the Dodge Charger right. next year. Yeah, this will be a lot of fun. I think I told this story before that Rachel was building a Lego the one time. Maybe? And she, like, never grew up. She, like, didn't grow up with the Legos. Like, I remember, like, as a kid, like, I fucking loved Lego yep. sets. Yep, me you too. too. You were, mm-hmm. yeah. And, like, this is, like, one of the main things I would get on Christmas is, like, a really big-ass Lego set. And, you know, it'd take you, like, a day or two to put it all together. And so she never did this, and her cousins got her one for Christmas last year, and she put it together. She was like, this is so awesome, and, like, really into it. It was kind of cool that she, like, just discovered Lego now, and now they make all these sets for adults, like the Technic sets. We might have to get this, uh... Fast and Furious Lego set when it comes out. Yeah, I never really grew up with the sets as much as just... I remember my dad got from a friend, I think just used, because I think his son, his friend's son or whatever, had grown out of Legos, and so I just had all these space Legos. So I just had, like, the entire... like It was at one point, you know, like, the entire, from the 80s, I think, whatever, space set that I just played with all the time, and then I had just a big old box of plain Legos. Legos or whatever. Like, I think it was, I sort of got to the point where once I realized, like, what money actually was, and I was like, oh, like, I like Legos, but I like video games more, and I'd rather have, like, $100 in video games as opposed mm. to, like, $100 in whatever the gigantic set was. You know what I mean? Like, I, once yep. I basically had a concept of money, I was like, oh, no, this is not what I want. Like, if you're going to spend money on me, like, spend it on something else that I'm actually going to... Yeah, like, this is cool, but not as cool right. as video games. Buy me uh, Sega Genesis games, please true i don't think there's been any other news like we were saying you know last episode i think we're going to be in a little bit of a black hole for the next month or so until that new trailer comes out Mm -hmm. but uh, obviously the new series came out so if you somehow listening yeah if you if you've not been listening if you don't if you didn't read the episode name the new netflix series is out we're gonna be talking about that on this very episode so go check that out any other news that you remember that you've seen because i don't think there is no not that not that i've seen i think we're gonna be a little bit of a lull like i don't even have like random character news like you know what i mean like 
actor news and stuff. Right. So you know, it's, it's that time of the year where things sort of quiet down across the board. So that's not a bad thing. True. Yeah. All right, Joe. The last thing we have to do before we take a break and talk about Spy Racers is talk about the Fast and Furious Minute Minute Twenty Nine. So I got two titles here. I want I want Ooh. your take on which of these, or if you have another one. I either did. what the hell was that all about, or. It's an amazing machine. I liked it's an amazing machine. When I heard it, that's what I that's okay. cuz like the way Lance delivers that is so perfect. Cool. It's an amazing machine. It's an amazing machine. He like he's like so like like constipated and like angry and like serious and he's trying to deliver this line. He's like it's an amazing machine. And he seems like he's like on meth. It's great. Hey, Brian, meet Johnny Tran. Guy in the snakeskin pants. That's his cousin Lance. So when are you going to give me a shot at the Honda 2000? Your ride? It was. It's his now. No, it's not. I haven't taken delivery. That's nobody's car. Somebody put in the wrench time. What do you think, Lance? It's an amazing machine. Yes, indeed. Let's go. I'll see you in the desert next month. Be ready to have your ass handed to you. Yeah, you're gonna need more than that crotch rocket. I got something for you. What the hell was that all about? Yeah, so this is a minute. I think again works as a really self a really well self contained yes. minute, but there's not a lot here for you. We were saying that like in terms of the no. things that you normally look for, there's not a lot here for you. No, it's it's not because it's it's a, it's one of these conversation minutes where it's like a really a lot of close ups on their face, blur the background so you're not distracted, mm-hmm. and it's just like back and forth conversation leading up to it. So no, no, there actually isn't a lot here for me, but I did find some cool things, but go ahead, bring us through the general stuff. Yeah, so in the minute, as you just heard, John and, Johnny Tran and Dom talk, Johnny tries to intimidate Dom, Johnny Tran and his crew leave. That's basically the gist, that's all the dialogue. But you asked last minute um, if we get Lance's name coming yes. up. Yes, and, and so, so yeah, did. here, so Johnny is named, because last minute, Vin kind of mumbles uh, Johnny, yeah. Uh, but he says, this is Johnny Tran. Be Johnny Tran, the guy in the snakeskin pants. That's his cousin Lance. So we learn that they're cousins. We learn their name. But what's interesting to me, that entire line of dialogue where he's talking about, this is Johnny Tran, that's Lance. It's all said by Dom while we're focused on Brian as Brian kind of like looks around a little lost. Mm-hmm. And it feels to me like that's a very ADR. Like they're like, oh, we don't have enough explanation of who these people are. Let's add a line in here that Vin can read after we finish shooting, and we just have this sh- this footage of Brian looking around, but we don't have the footage of Dom saying it because he never actually said it on set. Because it almost I feels so like too. there's not enough ex- explanation or clarification of like who these people are. Because he said very briefly, like we said, we talked about last minute, Johnny's name. Somebody says, "Oh, Johnny says, you know, what do you think, Lance?" So like, he, Lance has the name, but again, it might be like, "Well, who are these people? How are they related?" It might not be this case, but it feels to me, very apparent that this is like a, oh shit, we didn't explain who these people are well mm-hmm. enough. Let's add in a clarification line of dialogue after the fact and we just have this like footage of Brian like, huh? Huh? I think so too. I'm completely with you. I think I noticed it at the line when he's like, you're going to need more than that crotch rocket. And then Johnny's like, oh, I got something for you. That one seems like it was ADR too because he seems like he's just like putting his helmet on and it looks like his mouth is moving, but it looks like it says more than what is said. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing as you were. And in that regard, they kind of allude to race wars. We have not seen race wars yet. No, they say the desert in the desert. Yeah, and they're just talking about, it sort of sounds menacing. Like, we, we don't know what it is. I mean, I guess it's, 
you know, in, in this world. I mean, we also have not seen, in the next minute, probably, unless there's a minute that we're not remembering, we're going to see Johnny and Lance and the crew shoot up the car, right? They leave, and then they come back around. So right. I think that we're right before that. Is the car going to explode yet? It's either going to be it's at the end of next minute or maybe the middle of the next minute. I don't know. I don't know. We might get, like, oh, shit, NOS, like, right. right at the end of the next minute. But we got, like, a minute of them coming around, shooting up the car, those guys running away. I think that he says, oh, shit, NOS. This is my guess for next minute. He says, oh, shit, NOS, but it doesn't blow up until the next minute. I'm going to guess. I mean, I'm losing all sense of time over, like, what a minute actually is. Like, yes. some of these feel really long, and some of these feel yeah, like true. nothing happened. And I, I have a really hard time. If you're going that way, I guess just I'll just take the it all happens next minute. Okay. They go, But I don't, I mean, I just don't know. I don't, who knows? Yeah. But I do like that there's, like, this sort of the menacing, like, you know, I'll see you in the desert next month. It's like, well, what, is, what does that mean? And, like, it, it sounds innocuous because, like, they're just racing, but then we're about to see him True. shoot up a car, so it's a whole other thing. You know what I mean? Yep, I agree. Oh, but we have to get him to explain what was what, what the hell was that all about, too. So we got, like, a minute of dialogue, like, a couple lines of dialogue between yes. Dom and Brian. Yeah, I just I don't, I just don't know how much of an explanation. I, we'll, we'll see. We will see next minute. My only other real note here is that Johnny is wearing his his helmet has like a green emblem, like a neon green emblem on top. It kind of looks like a dragon. It kind of looks like the Caduceus logo, which is like the doctor. You know, the the two snakes. It reminded ser- me of um Vince's tattoo. You know, just the the, the symmetry. You yeah. know what I mean? Symbol, old symbol type of thing. It's, it's some kind of like snake or serpentine or some kind of menacing thing on Dragon, the middle of his helmet. Yeah. Lance, I was saying before, or last minute, he has kind of got like that, like a, I don't know if I said it, it's, it's in the document, but he's got like this kind of like loose, sort of flowing, weird kind of like uh, ghillie style shirt. Like it's not buttons, it's not zipper, it's just kind of like tie at the top, like it's like a tie <laughs> shirt. And it's like a paisley pattern, and he's got the snake pants on, like he is taking it's... bold swings with his fashion here. <laughs> And it's I don't so know great. if they're hinting at if this is just 2001 fashion, if they're maybe if maybe Lance is gay or addresses like, you know, metrosexual, because that was probably a term that was used in 2001 yes. a lot. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Dom points out, like, the guy in the snakeskin pants, like, it's it's hard not to notice them. You know what I mean? Like, he points that out, like, oh, that guy over there that you're probably looking at the snake pants, that's Lance. Yes. I don't know either. But I think Lance has a girl on the back of his motorcycle, so. But I mean, who knows? What's who knows? Yeah. It's just, it's a very bold fashion choice. I think we can leave it at that. That's true. But what did you notice in terms of cars and car details, and did you catch any signs this minute? I didn't catch really any signs. When they drive away, there's two tractor trailers. There's a red one and a blue one. The blue one says P-I-C on it. I don't know what that stands for. Cause I oh, I saw that any... on the door or something, right? Yeah. I caught the license plate of the blue Yamaha, a California license plate. 5E9172. Okay. And the coolest thing that I wanted to tell you, you mentioned last time Mm -hmm. that they had this goofy backpack, right? Yep, yep. I looked and I found exactly which backpack it is. Did you click it? Did you see it? I did. I saw it. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so it is a .65, a .65 Sweden, kind of like Victorinox Swiss Army. It's a hard shell motorcycle backpack. It's a Bolt Bobbly GTX25L. You can actually still buy one from that company, and they look exa- exactly the same. They're like... 300 315 to 340 yeah it's not it's not cheap it's not cheap it's pretty expensive we just got to have 0.65 sponsor an episode and maybe they will send us a couple oh that's a good idea damn i can't believe they didn't sponsor this episode right the only other thing we need to figure out with this minute is what the trivia question is going to be there's two different questions i have okay. here i don't know if i if i like one over the other if you have a better one but either what car of johnny's 
Does Dom covet? Because he talks about, you know, when do I get a mm. shot at that Honda 2000? Or, a good call. what is Lance's this is an easier one, defining piece of clothing, which would be those snakeskin pants? Well, I, I like the snakeskin pants. All right. But, I mean, the Johnny Tran one is good, too, because we see the car later, so it's more of, like, a broad one. What do you want? Like, more of a broad one? But I guess Lance is wearing these pants a couple times, too, so. Yeah, I'll just say, uh, so, red helmet, red biker helmet. Yeah. Snakeskin pants. Feathered boa. Yeah, that's a really good one. Or, uh. Aviator glasses. Okay. Oh, I also want to say the Motorcycle Saigon song by BT from the score comes back in here at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to play until the, the explosion. Car up. Yep. Yeah, I, I think so too. That's all I got. Is there anything else you want to say about uh, this minute? No, I was just excited that I found the backpack for you. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. What did you search? Did you just search for motorcycle backpack or motorcycle backpack from I can't Fast give and Furious? You all my secrets. Okay. I know. I searched for hard shell motorcycle backpack and then looked at pictures until I found the one that looked like it. That cool. was it. Well, yeah. good finding. Good digging. Thank you. Let's take a quick break and then come back to talk about Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Episode number 64, Pit Stop, Fast and Furious Netflix Spy Racers. This episode is brought to you by Anim School. Anim School has two programs. In the 3D character program, you learn how to make characters, modeling their shape and putting in their structure to make them bend and move and have expression. In the 3D animation program, you learn how to make them move and act. Anim School's teachers are experienced professionals in the industry. Thank you, Anim School. That's animschool.com. Very, very cool. Well, like we said... We are here to talk about the Netflix series, the Netflix original series, Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Eight yes. episodes, half hour episodes, really like 22, 23 minutes. Yeah, they're not hitting Netflix super long. the day after Christmas, at least here in the United States. I'm sure it's probably mostly Close. worldwide, if not everywhere. Joe, what did you think of Spy Racers? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Before we go too, depth, too in depth, uh, sort of high level thoughts, what did you think of Spy Racers? I'll use it how I described it to uh, my friend group. I said that I was watching Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Actually, Matt was like, oh, man, I haven't downloaded that yet. And I was like, this feels a lot like a cartoon that is doing a lot of fan service. It's a cartoon for children that is doing fan service to Fast and the Furious fans. And he was like, oh, so it's not like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I was like, not at all. It's not like a high-level cartoon. I, I don't think that this this would win an Oscar if it was one movie. It's a kid's cartoon that's like a Saturday morning cartoon that has a lot of Fast and Furious little th- tidbits in it. So I did enjoy it. I wouldn't push it on anyone. But if you're a Fast and Furious fan, I would say you'd probably like it. I think that's a good description. I think what's tough about this is that we are very firmly not the target audience. And so there's a lot no, of... like for children, for yes. sure. There's definitely... Like, there's stuff that's winking at and that is you could pick up and there's at least one or two things that I was like, oh, this is maybe like canon in the Fast and Furious universe, which we will get to. Same. I have some too. It's not something that I really want to rewatch. Dom Same. is in it a couple episodes, which is cool. But yes, he's in the first and the last one. What's frustrating to me, the thing that would keep me from going back to this is I think it's just sort of a function of the Netflix series as a whole. Instead of having 
kind of eight standalone episodes, it's essentially like a three-hour movie. Like, it almost feels like it's meant to be sat through in one sitting, which I basically did. I split up over, like, with an hour break in between. It's too much. Like, it's too long because it's not deep enough or intricate enough like it is a movie. Like, it doesn't tell, like, it's just, it feels like it's trying to tell a movie story, but it's not as in-depth as a movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, it's for kids. You know, they have to keep the story kind of basic, right? In that regard, like, I wish that maybe that there was, like, so the through, like, the entire show is about Tony Toretto, who's Dom's cousin. It's hard to tell how old these kids are other than like they're he now drive. spies they can drive but they're also like still in school not all like, of them just the we're not going to answer that question because it's only going to cause more questions yeah they're like racers they build their own cars but they're young kids and they are recruited by ms nobody or ms nowhere which we will get to yes to help them take down this shashi and layla crew who sort of are we don't really know from the beginning that they are poised for world domination and they're looking for this thing called the skeleton key it's this face mask that allows you to basically control all technology and i was like but you know it's it is what it is we all know it's gonna be spoilers like it's also it was frustrating to me on a level that like can't we have a fast and furious story where we're not saving the world even a kid show like (laughs) we have to be saving the world yes and also it has to be about hacking and computers and technology again it's so on brand that i was like i wish that this was like goofier and wackier and more over the top and sort of more standalone like you could have a through line but have each episode kind of be like well now they're racing against these people and now they're doing this it just feels like once you get to like episode three or something it's like oh these last six episodes these are all like a single thing that you kind of have to watch together because it's one story yes like we've said before the stakes are so high i was hoping like you mentioned that we would have a low stakes thing we could have made this as kids racing, but it also had to be saving the world against, which is essentially God's eye. Right. You know, especially in comparison or, you know, in using conjunction with God's eye, it would be like nonstop or like you could control God's eye with this or whatever. But basically, they show animation like they're stopping nuclear war from this happening. It's just like you get this thing and they're like they're hacking every device in like the Western United States and like they're basically poised on world domination. It's like, why? Again? Why? Really? What? <laughs> yes. My biggest takeaway about this dire series is that it really made me want to watch Too Fast, Too Furious a lot. Like, it felt like of all the movies, aside from the technology aspect of it, just like the sort of the style and there's a lot of boats and stuff early on, like, it felt mm-hmm. very too fast to me. And especially, like, the intro credits, which I think it skips forward on Netflix if you watch the next one, but it's like that chrome sort of, like, gear shift. And I was like, that's very too fast as well. I was just, I was getting a lot of too fast vibes here, which I'm sure that almost no kids who watch this have seen too fast too furious but you know yeah i was wondering that too because okay, so it's doing a lot of fan service to us i almost want like nico and kevo to watch this before fast and the furious i want to know like what a fresh brain would think about this because you have to assume that like a kid's gonna watch this and have never seen any of the movies right or like just seen them in passing while their dad's watching them i mean i think that this is sort of geared specifically toward people like justin and i want to hear what justin's kids think of this because he was saying that you know they're going to dig in you know the weekend after christmas so with this past yeah. weekend it feels like it's the kind of thing where parents who are fans of the show or the movies are like mm-hmm. oh a property that like is sort of an entry point but like beyond that i don't know i, I guess there's also just so much stuff to watch on netflix but i, I really wonder if kids are going to find this Maybe voice actors that I don't recognize, like, you know, names or whatever. They're like, oh, I like that guy from YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't think kids really follow voice actors either. Tyler Posey voices Tony Toretto, right? But, like, if Tyler Posey's, like, a known YouTuber and then he does, like, a YouTube video, like, oh, guys, hey, guess what? I'm in the new Netflix series, Fast of Your Spy Racers. Like, they will watch because of that. Mm. They're not like, they're not like, oh, I love him as the voice of Batman or I'm going 
going to go follow me over here. I think it's more like if he's a known actor or known personality from something else, they would follow him for that. But I don't, I don't think they're following voice actors like that anyway, either. I agree. Yeah. There's no real start and finish, right? It's like, where do you want to start? You want to start with the characters? You want to start with the plot? Well, one of my first notes is that there's, there's new vehicles in this, which I think, because remember the first lap that we were covering the movies, we were talking about each of the new vehicles. Like, we got cars, we got trucks, we got boats, we got tanks, we got this, we got that. We like got here, everything in this. There's, like, flying squirrel suits. There's, like, a jet suit that they have later. There's, like, other things that feels Lots like... Lots of drones. We had the, the, sort of the predator drones, but we have, like, the, the smaller drones here for the first time. Yeah, we have, like, quadcopters. It feels in-universe, and it's also kind of expanding things in a new way that I was sort of, you know, not necessarily super Fast and Furious related, but I was cool to see... It was cool to see new types of vehicles being implemented into the, into the world. Yeah, because, like, the first thing that starts out is, like, they're on, like, a boat, but, like, a tanker boat, right? Like, uh, what is this? Like, um, like an aircraft carrier, essentially, right? Yeah. You mean the one that they sink, right, to use as a ramp to, to get the car off it? Yeah, so, like, they start off with, like, okay, we're in the same realms, but they're, like, already, like, raising the stakes, you know? One of the things that I kind of felt weird about is that if you would strip down the Fast and the Furious clear nods, right, like Dom being in it, all the Fast and the Furious quotables that we'll get into, that this definitely felt like a cartoon that had a script, kind of like we talk about the Italian job too, this felt like a cartoon that was like, this is the idea of the cartoon, and they were like, "Ah, that's okay, and they're like, well, why don't we just throw a bunch of Fast and Furious shit on top of it, so it felt like a lot of the Fast and the Furious pieces were kind of like, just stickers that they put on top of the series. Yeah, I wonder at what point, like, how you blend what's presumably just, like, a a spy. Like, I wonder what the base is. Like, if they, if they were just spies and they wanted to add in cars, or if they had cars and they wanted to add in the, the prop. Like, I wonder... What was this, the backbone of this screenplay? I mean, it also That's might have just been know. from the very beginning. It might have been just, hey, let's do a Fast and Furious for kids. Like, that, it's also very possible. You know what I mean? Like, it feels... Yeah, true. You could very easily take out all things Toretto and, like, a handful of lines and it's the same show, right? Like, just Dom. Yep, that's like what I'm just, saying. In place yes. of Dom, it's whatever. If the way that they want to bring this to kids is through this kind of thing, like, it also makes sense to not over the top be like, well, who's this guy? Like, I don't care. Like, he's an adult. Like, I don't care about him. You know, like, I want the kids. And I think yep. it's smart in that way. And I also think, to a certain extent, like, there's Ms. Nowhere, and she kind of looks, like, she becomes a villain of sorts. She also kind of looks the fool for a lot of it. Like, I don't think you want to have Dom... Like, you kind of want him as, like, the cool older brother who goes away, right? Like, you don't want him, in this case, I mean, cousin, but, like, the cool older brother type. Like, you kind of don't want yes. him to be, like, either the villain to the kids or, like, a doofy kind of older guy because he's supposed to be cool, right? And I think there's a yep. smart inclusion. Like, you and I would obviously like to see more of him and more, you know, bring in Letty or bring in whoever. But I also think there's a reasoning that I can understand why they don't have a lot of the adults I mean, you know, the actors that we already know, because it's meant to be about the kids to bring kids in. You know, I'm wondering if down the line, like in nine or in 10 or whatever, if Tony Toretto shows up in a real movie. I was so thinking this. Now can we add Tony Toretto as a real person in the films? And I really hope so. Like just in passing, like he just needs to be like at a barbecue and they're like, oh, Tony's here. You know what I mean? And like, just go with it. Tej and Roman can make fun of him for his spy shit and whatever. Like, it, yeah, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be yeah. overt. But I, because I don't think he's ever going to be, and I think what we were talking about last episode with Kara, where we were talking about, you know, bringing Cardi in and like whether Cardi would fit as a, as a family member. It's like, well, there's already too many people. Like, we don't want to bring in Tony as a full fledged family member, if only because 
there's too many people already. Like, he, he literally is family. I think you could probably easily, like you're saying, like, add him to a barbecue, add him to a scene here or there, you know, mm-hmm. have him working with Tej or learning from Tej or whatever. Exactly. Like, showing Tej, like, a new thing that they got, something. It could be real gentle. I like that the, the first episode, basically, within the first five minutes, they use Nas. Like, they're, they're basically doing a quarter-mile race against that, like, yes. that kind of bully kid who goes away almost entirely. After yep. like the second or third episode, they also use Nas later, like as the when they're going up that mountain, which again is sort of very fast and furious going up the mountain. They use Nas as sort of like a they kind of turn into like a hover car, sort of like they have like the Nas exhaust underneath that they're able to sort yes. of fly a little bit. I was like, a that's jet, kind of a cool he has a implementation. Jet boost. And yeah. you can jump. Yeah. I liked how much Fast and the Furious, like, the tastefulness of the inclusions of Fast and the Furious shit was probably my favorite part of the movie. That, like, the things that they weren't overtly saying, like, driving up the mountain. He drifts around a parking garage at one point. After they do, like, a crazy Too Fast-esque jump from, like, one building to the other, right? They basically go from Too Fast into Tokyo Drift. They're like, make a jump and then drift down. Yes. She's like, well, look, there's a jump coming up. And he's like, what jump? There's so many of these movie tidbit yep. nods that made me really, really happy. So let's talk about Ms. Nowhere. So there is... Uh... This is a really interesting choice and also, like, a very tasteful nod. And so obviously there's Mr. Nobody, Kurt Russell. There's Little Nobody. Yep. But she talks about how she's Ms. Nowhere and they make some jokes about that. But she also talks about how she, like, she rose through the ranks she used to be nothing she's like i don't want to be nothing again now i'm nowhere like i was you know promoted to nowhere and i yes. wonder if nobody is like the highest if that has anything I to do so. i think that's exactly exactly what they were alluding to is that there's like a nothing there's a nowhere and then there's nobody is like top tier he handles dom nowhere would probably be like dealing with kids and like mini spy shit Although right. they, you know, have to stop saving the world. They have to save the world, so. But what I think works well about the level that she's at, the level that the kids are at, is that it, it's not, I mean, it's 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 still too serious. Like, they're still saving the world, but, like, it's, they're able to sort of have a little bit more fun. Like, it's not as grounded in reality. Like, they basically, this feels, like, the show feels kind of like Battle Bots meets Fast and Furious. Like, there's, like, blades. Like, there's, like, very aggressive. They're not using bullets. They're using paintball guns, which I was like, I guess that's just for kids, but, like, why include that? Like, it just feels... Like, why would you outfit a car with a paintball gun? Like, what is going on? It was kind of a reversion that they need to, like, race and win. And they all kind of, like, cheat when they race. They might have, like, spikes on their tires or, like, stuff like that. And the paintballs were just, like, to fog up your window so you can't see so that they can win the race. It's like training grounds to become, become like, a real criminal, right? They're, they're having fun. They're just sort of, like, you know, it's, it's low stakes. But it's also at the same time, like, they wind up saving the world, right? Like, it's yes. just like, oh, I guess everything's supposed to be low stakes. But they're also, when they're racing up the mountain, and then this is when Shashi is, like, who's the main villain. He becomes yes. the main villain. He's like, they're working for the feds. I'll give a million dollars or a hundred grand or whatever he offers million to, like, dollars, anybody yeah. who knocks them off the mountain. It's like, are you going to murder these kids? Like, what is happening? There's so much gratuitous violence in this. Yeah. It really felt Fast and furious because they, they kill off, like, a lot of cops. There's a lot of carnage. In this one, they don't even show, like, there's not even any blood to it. There's no bodies. There's no blood. It's just, like, these it's like are, like... neck chops and sleeps kind of things. Like, yeah. everybody's taking a nap. Cars just get, like, shot into the air, but then you don't see what happens from them. There was definitely, like, ones where, like, cars, like, rolled down a hill and tumbled. Yeah. And I was like, they're killing kids, like, immediately in this race. And they say that they're, like young kids so i was like okay i guess this is fast and the furious and it's super weird that they blend that with like when they're talking about like the spy stuff right and there he gets the other guy's car and there's like this you know panel of spy equipment 
and one of them, like, he's like, what tools do I have? One says windbreaker, and the icon is just a fart? Like, it's just like a butt with, like, gas coming up? Like, it's just like a, a puff of, a puff there's of a air? Couple, there's a couple fart jokes in this, yeah. The other one, like, the next thing over is, like, basically, like, tire spikes or whatever. It's just like, ah, like, one's a fart joke, and then one is like, I'm going to murder the car next to me. It's like, what is happening? But then what I liked about the, the fart joke is that it becomes an ejector seat. I was like, ejecto seat because, like, again, it's yes. sort of a, a slight sort of kind of nod. Uh, to mm-hmm. Fast yeah, which makes it so much fun. They they included a lot of really good, tasteful things. That's why I said, like, I wonder how much of this already existed and how much they kept adding in. But th- they did a pretty good job with it. And it seems like, do you think that the people writing it, they've definitely seen all the movies, right? But it feels like they really liked too fast like it seems like they were like oh that one's good and like maybe they like rewatched that one because they didn't remember it or something because it feels like that's in the forefront of their brains as they're writing this two and seven which is very weird like it, it doesn't really refer to like eight a lot and i get that's because like the storyline kind of is the same right trying to stop the evil hacking empire or whatever. like lately even kind of looks like Cade cypher in a little bit you know what i mean like yes, it's like she's like what cypher used to be yeah if you like animated cypher and made her a child this is exactly what would happen and gave yep. her like a vaguely ambitious ambiguous southern accent where like she basically says she's from north carolina but she's like north kikakaki it's like kakalaki what why what well kakalaki is like a slang for middle of nowhere kind of like the boonies oh i've never heard that before oh really like north kakalaki like people it's like a common parlance for implies hillbillies but implies hillbillies yeah what's funny about the show in a way funny in a way that it's the same kind of funny that fast and furious is is that a lot of the things that they're doing revolve around cars and driving just because it has to revolve around cars and driving. True. Like, there's the heist that they're going to do. At one point, I don't think it's this heist or whatever, but, like, Layla was like, I didn't realize there was going to be another heist. I'm like, how do you not know it's going to be? Like, all they do is heists. <laughs> like, that's literally everything Chachi's <laughs> doing. Job. Like, this entire thing is he's stealing cars. Like, what do you think it's going to be? She's literally a, a thief criminal yeah. that's a racer. So it's like, I didn't know that there was going to be another car race and a heist. It's like, that's your whole life right now. been paying attention. <laughs> There's this race in the third episode. It's like a four lap, 25 mile per lap race. But it's also a, like that Shashi <laughs> runs and organizes, but it's a cover because at the same time, they're going to leave the race and they're going to steal a car. But like, why put the race there in the beginning? Like, I don't understand. You like, just the... drew too much attention to it. You added a lot of people there. Right? Yeah. You do the race which you're supposed to be like the two fastest drivers in the world, right? Right. Pretty much forfeit the race because you have to go do this heist now in the middle mm-hmm. of it. So like these guys are going to notice that like you do like a half a lap and then you disappear. What are they going to say happened? Like, oh, we like got into a wreck on the side or something. Best case scenario, it looks like you and what's her name were banging. But then why would you draw all this attention to the race to begin? Yeah. I, I'm with you, brother. It's very weird. Very, very weird. They leave the race and go, like, fast five, like, jack a train, but they're stealing an entire car via, like, drone helicopter kind of thing to, like, magnetically take the train car away. It's like, this is all cool, but it's also like, why is everything so, so needlessly complicated? Like, it's basically, they even have the bridge where they have to save before the bridge collapses, right? Like, yep. it's yeah. literally the beginning of Fast Five, not the beginning of Fast Five, like, toward the beginning of Fast Five. It's just, it's just so weird that, like, they're they're so closely ripping from the headlines, essentially, needlessly adding complicated stories, when it doesn't have to be, because you're only telling a 20-minute story. Like, what are you doing? That was an interesting episode for me, too. I had a lot of gripes, like, plot-wise with that one. One thing I really liked about the episode after that is that uh, Frosty, who's their hacker guy, guy has two moms yes. it's just like very low key I know. inclusion and representation i was just like that's cool like i don't like they're barely like they're only in two scenes or whatever but i was like oh that's cool like maybe that's a foot in the door 
for the Festiverse. We saw that in the diner. Yeah. Because, like, Frosty's kind of, like, he's, like, at work with his moms. They were, like, both kind of excited about him and talking about him, but they didn't explicitly say it. I looked at Rachel and I was like, does he have two moms? And she's like, I can't tell, you know? No, it was very obvious in that episode, I thought. I don't know. I, I, I didn't know, because it's, it's a kid's show, so, like, I didn't know what they were, like, you know, they can, like, hint at it, but, like, I'm, I was unsure well, that they would One basically would've... says, our son. What's that smell? Wanda. You mess with that kipper kale curry again? Uh, that's our son stinking up the joint. Yeah, but I, you know, that could be like a friendly thing. She could be like a single mom that has a helper kind of, th- you know what I mean? Like they're like, they could be best friends and she could be like, our son. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Later in the series when they come back. Miss Nowhere says, how am I going to explain this to his moms? And she explicitly says it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, it's not like, hey, when we go home and have sex, it's not like, it's not like that, but yeah. it's like, but it was very clear to me, like, oh no, these are, it's it's two moms have the son. I thought it was a cool sort of step in the right direction. I was totally, I was just skeptical that they would have included in the kids show. I haven't watched any cartoons in a decade more. So like, I don't know how inclusive cartoons are yet. I'm assuming that they would be more woke than when I was a kid. But at the same time, like I was like, I don't know if they'd include that in a cartoon for kids, you know, like just because I don't know how people would feel about it. It's a new world. It's 2020, Joe. Exactly. Yeah. And apparently I was wrong and I'm pleasantly surprised with it. So this episode also has maybe the most important. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but maybe the most important bit of canon possibly in the Fast what? and Furious. So this what? is when they're trying to steal the codes, the information. Again, a needlessly complex Ooh. two heist in one. They're going to Shashi's lair, but they're also okay. breaking into somewhere else. There's a bird, which ultimately has, like, there it's in the Russian guy's place in this apartment mm-hmm. or whatever, right? They're breaking in there, and they're also breaking into Shashi's lair, like the rest of the team is that. And then Tony and Layla are breaking into the Russian guy's place, and they see the bird. Yes. And Tony says, it reminds me of my Aunt Molly's parakeet, minus the bling. He says, the house caught on fire. There's a bit of a ribs incident, so shut up, barbecue. The whole yes. house caught on fire, but Dom ran back in to save the bird because leave no family behind. And I was like, is Dom's mom named Molly? Ooh, I didn't put that together. It might be another aunt. It might just be a friend of the family that's Molly. But it felt like if there's a barbecue incident, Dom is there to save the bird. It might be Dom grew up with a parakeet and a mom named Molly. Maybe. We'd never heard him mention his mom before, just his dad. I thought you were going to talk about the idea that there's a bunch of information in crystals, and maybe they're going to bring that into the Fastiverse. And I was like, that would be interesting. But this is much better. I, I agree. <laughs> this is, and I also like that we see like a soft side of Dom, that he's like an animal lover. Because we don't really see any animals in the Fast and Furious. We true, talked about this. True, But what we also do know is that it's not information in crystals, but they use the necklace in 8 to embed the tracking chip, right? So there is a exactly. history of using jewelry as something other than jewelry, as a carrier of information of some kind. And we see Frosty here working on his pendant that's the laser thing. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the hacking, the RFID hacking thing. We got some precedent with jewelry expansion packs here. In the next episode, which is the fifth episode, Layla says that she has, quote, enough dirt under her fingernails to plant potatoes. And I was like, oh, she's a real Letty type, not a Giselle type. Like, that's the straight up, I appreciate a good body regardless of the make. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, 80% mm-hmm. angel, 20% devil or whatever. Like, it's it's the same. She's basically saying, I'm like Letty, you know, I, I know what I'm doing here. I thought that was kind of a cool... Cool little uh, shout out, little little nod. That's true too, and also she's like really trying to forget about Tony every t- chance she gets and leave him. That's a very Letty move too. This is also the uh, the episode where like the the show's anti capitalist 
messages really come to the forefront, I think, which fits. But it wasn't. I, yeah, I want to talk to you about this, too. The show is trying to make, like, a, an anti-capitalist message, mm-hmm. right? How is the solution not just, like, fuck these billionaires? Like, Tony, like Tony's like, wait, we can't do this to the billionaires. And I'm like, is this Netflix trying to, like, get our children to buy into capitalism? Like, they're not bad guys. And Sashi's like, Tony, let's go steal this. Fuck the billionaires. Spread all the money out. Let's take all their money, and we're just going to disperse it to everyone. And Tony's like, wait, that's not a fair idea. I was like, how is that not a fair idea? That's the perfect idea. Like, they use this technology to steal all the money from everyone. This kid wants to give it back. He's the coolest kid in the whole show now. He was supposed to be a supervillain, and Tony's like, no, capitalism reigns free. It is, I guess, a good message framed within crime. To give the villain of the show this message makes it overtly be like, oh, well, it's not a good idea because it's the villain's side. That's like, what I'm saying. Not good. Yeah. Exactly. It also fits into the muddied kind of anti-capitalist question mark themes of the Fast and Furious. Like, we talked about this specifically with Kara on the Los Bandoleros and Fast and Furious episodes, where they're talking about how, you know, the poor don't have enough to live, and they're stealing gasoline, and blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a little bit, like, where Tej, you know, spits, makes the money spit out of the ATM yes. or whatever, but it's not yep. his money. But it basically is like, we're going to steal from the rich, but we're just going to keep it for ourselves. Like, it's anti-capitalist <laughs> of other people, but then capitalist for yourself. Like, basically, the wealthy shouldn't be wealthy unless we're wealthy, in which case... Hey, well, it's not that bad, right? It's just it's which a is how the world works. Middle that's ground. The perfect. No, that's just like reality. For it being so ungrounded in reality, that's the realest part of all of Fast and the Furious. Is that they're like being rich is really lame unless we're rich, and then it's dope, and yeah. nobody should take our money. <laughs> yeah. This is also the episode where Frosty gets captured. Like basically, they just need to raise the stakes, and so Shashi and his team yeah. take frosty because they're like hey we're gonna steal one of your people we're gonna steal your family because you have one of our cars we need to do like a swap right and it's just like all right but how do they so I, I don't know if i missed this or i wasn't paying attention well this is also the point of the show and like i'm, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt here because it's the same thing where like for the first four or five episodes they're like we're just having fun we're racing around and it's like okay plot begins let's hit you with the entire explanation of what we're doing over like eight minutes it's like well this is dense as fuck now sashi kidnaps frosty and the last car is in the naval base army base right yes yeah, so ms nobody ha- or ms nowhere has yes. the car the fifth car the fifth because there's five cars they need to steal and there's basically a key from each the five of them together kind of like power rangers into the megazord and that gives you the access to the skeleton key you need to find a full form a pentagram with the headlights oh, on boy. the ground yep and then you spin into the into the hell of the earth so frosty's captured all of a sudden they just let frosty help but why why is sashi just sitting there just like letting frosty like hack shit there's now three different contingents right there's like the there's shashi and his team right and it's like they're the bad and they have frosty and he's captured right then there's miss nobody Ms. Nowhere, again, sorry. Ms. Yeah, nowhere, nowhere trying, like, she's like, there's basically pure good, down the not car. really. And then there's pure evil, but although not really. And then there's our family, which now includes Layla, because she has sort of defected a little bit, which again is very fast and furious. Like, let's take the attractive, you know, in this world, the attractive bad girl, and then yes. convert her to family, because that's just what exactly. we do with Giselle. That's what we're maybe going to do with Cypher. <laughs> Who knows? Yep. It's just like, exactly. this is this is the blueprint. We're going to follow the blueprint. So you have, <laughs> which I loved. Yeah. Pure I was good, really excited which is not about pure that. Good. You have pure evil, which is not pure evil. And then you have the family in between, but they all are doing like different things that kind of have to do with each other. And they're all around either stealing or protecting or destroying this fifth One car. car. And this is when basically Tony and his team are like, we're fully aware that this could literally end the world, but Frosty's family, and we need to get him back. It's like, at that point, it's like, 
no, like, you get rid of the car. Like, Frosty's an acceptable casualty. <laughs> Let's not let the world, like, the power of the world fall into this guy's hands, even yeah. if he has, quote-unquote, like, good intentions. But we don't even know his intentions at this point. It's so He's weird. just like, I'm trying to get whatever the skeleton key is, yeah. and they don't even know what the skeleton key is yet. Right. They're just like, no, we can't let him get this, but we're led to believe that it's to destroy the world somehow, so. And so this is when we find out that there's the skeleton key, which can control any tech within a several-mile radius, which then somehow they're able to... To, like, you didn't answer my question. How, why does he let Frosty start working with the family? I think they're basically like, we'll trade you the fifth car. They're basically saying, like, Frosty is important enough to us that we're going to help you. Like, we don't want to help you, but we'll help you. So I think it's sort of like, again, in a way, just like Seven, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They're working against Ms. Nowhere, and even though they're not aligned with each other, they mm-hmm. both need to get the car back because one wants it for world domination of some kind, and the other wants it to get his friend back. Okay, so he's like, we have a trade. It's like begrudging alliance, I think. Okay, that would make sense. I guess that would make sense, yeah. But this is when we find out that God's Eye, or not God's Eye, but the, the skeleton key, but yeah, yeah, but basically God's eye uh, is able to control all technology, and this suddenly becomes a save the world mission. Layla helps out, and she's like, "I guess I'm family now." And Tony's like, "Don't push." It. It's like, "Well, wait, you, you like what? Like, I feel like this is the first time in the history of the Fast and Furious where it's like you're not family. Like, every like Jason Statham shows up at the end of eight, just like, and it's just like, oh, like family now, I guess, right? Like, it's just it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. But it's weird that she's just like, "I'm family now," right? And he's like, "No, don't push it." It's like, well, you're, you're literally everyone else's family. Why don't you let this girl that you clearly have a crush on be family well you can't admit that you have a crush on her and then the the only other thing that i have from this episode is that they once again just like at the end of six are racing cars onto a plane i call this the world's second longest runway Mm. when i was seeing this i was like oh this is the world's longest runway they have to put cars on the plane it was a giant plane and they do it pretty much identically to how it's done in the other one i get that there's not infinite ideas in the world but like i'm curious whether are we I'm at the bottom of the barrel of fast well, and furious I'm ideas yet. If, like they're taking things from the movies because it's a it's a fun nod or if they're just like we just don't have other ideas but like they're just they're taking no it has it. to be this is directed towards kids that haven't seen the movies yet and you're priming them for the films yep and also giving parents that are watching along fan service it's a happy medium but i guess it also feels just like it feels a little lazy in a way right mm-hmm. yeah i agree in the next episode in the next to last episode the penultimate episode of the series we find out that there's this like this billionaire whose name is kelso clive kelso i think has killed shashi's parents and he's been working 16 years to get back i'm like how old is shashi if he's been waiting if he's been working for 16 years like is he 20 he's been working since he's four like how old how old are these people you know we have the whole like han and sean type thing right i would assume sashi's like 21 22 tony has to be like 16 17 frosty is specifically said to be 13 at some point right because he's yeah he's like middle school science fair whatever so like you lose your parents when you're like six you work 16 years you're 22 now you would remember them you'd remember this thing i think it kind of aligns it's it's not it's not as bad as is Sean being 17. It just feels like it's like left intentionally vague because we don't want to answer. We don't actually want to give concrete answers because things don't yeah. quite make sense. Because I feel like the barrier to all of this is like, you have to be old enough to drive a car, but these are also at the same time kids, right? So it's, it's strange. Yep. I have a question for you about Skeleton Key. How did they invent a technology that controls all technologies before technology was invented? This thing is locked in the middle of the earth yep. for 16 years. Yep. It comes out and can control modern day 
electronics. This is like alien technology. Well, so number one, possibly. Number two, all processors and stuff are based on sand. This was found in the sand. Mitosis? Yeah, me. Osmosis? <laughs> the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Like, so they had this technology. The billionaires had this technology. I think th- this has to be alien technology. And I'm only saying that because I want a future where aliens are somehow involved in Fast and the Furious. I, I'm okay with it. I'm on board with it. I also think it would be very weird this would be the entry point to the series. It's like, you remember fi- Fast and Furious Spy Racers? Yeah, it made aliens canon in the Fastiverse. Like, yeah. Everybody knows that. Exactly, yeah. It would be like, remember that cartoon? Like, that's where we got the aliens from. It would be very interesting. I hope that there's some Spy Racer reference in 10 now. I really want 9 to have a Spy Racers reference. Like, somehow. Like, if you watched it, there's something going on that you're like, oh, damn. Well, the easy thing to do is just to have the Yoka energy drink, the the, the energy water or whatever, the life water. Get one out of the the vending machine or whatever. I want to see Hobbs be like, oh, is that Yoka? I love Yoka. Roman's like, what is that? And he's like, it's an acquired taste. And then, like, that's it. Yeah. Then they get to Las Vegas, which I'm like, I realized only while watching this, like, how has the real franchise not been to Las Vegas yet? It feels like such a slam dunk. Right? It just feels like, yeah. why are we not there? <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. And I really like the casino was called The Pass Line. It's such an on-the-nose Vegas reference. You know what I mean? Like, because The Pass Line, like, craps The Pass Line. And the casino is just called The Pass Line. It was just really awesome. And then he says it, too. How the fuck have we never gotten to... Like, we go to Dubai, but, like, you think that, like, maybe the the fourth one would have dabbled in Vegas at some point. Like, we just keep raising the stakes so high that, like, we can't go to Vegas anymore. I don't even think you can go back to Vegas, because it's not as exciting. This also, like, the end of this is basically Ocean's Eleven, where it's... They're taking from Clive Kelsey, who apparently owns three or four fictional casinos, hotels yes. in Las Vegas, because it's Vegas, pass line. but it's not real Vegas. But it's just, like, the uh, Terry Benedict in Ocean's Eleven, where it's Andy Garcia, you know, the Mirage, the, the Bellagio, and the MGM Grand, real hotels, all owned by this fictional guy that they're going to rob. It's like, well, we're going to rob all these places and steal his money to distribute to the people. It's just like, well, this is this is not you're stealing from Fast and Furious. I guess it's not really stealing because it's in the universe, but you're also stealing from Ocean's Eleven, but you're also doing anti-capitalist. Like, it just, pick a lane. It is very Ocean's Eleven. It's also, like, a, a hair different, because they're trying to, like, ruin money for everyone in a grand scheme, right. as opposed to, like, stealing from him for a reason. They also take another thing from the main franchise in using cars without computer chips, right? We're just like, we can't be controlled by technology. Let's go old school with this. It's like, yeah, okay. Like, we've seen that before, but yeah, cool. All right, I like it. This was a very Dom idea. This is a very Toretto idea that we just have to bring it back to our roots. No fuel injection, no computers. Like, we just go old school. And then, I messaged you last night when I was watching this, when I finished this. The final ten minutes of this show, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but, like, they ramp the fan service. They basically hit the nods on the fan service. And, like, they yes. there's three or four things where I, I audibly, like, the whole, like, but mostly the whole series. Same. I, like, I was just like, oh, this is fine. You know, I'm enjoying certain things. But at one point... Fast and Furious fans... Hope you're watching. They're like, you have 10 seconds, T. And he says, good thing I have a 10-second car. Which is not the proper use of that, but it's also, like, perfect. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. you have 10 seconds to get somewhere. It's like, good thing I have a 10-second car. Again, not exactly what it means, but also I just loved that, right? He gets up to the top of this, like, it's basically the Luxor, which is the pyramid in Vegas, right? Yes. The pyramid hotel. Yep. Shashi's up there with the mask on, which is the skeleton key, and he's, like, controlling all the drones. And he's sort of doing Spider-Man Far From Home kind of villainy sort of stuff, if you haven't seen that movie. I won't go any further into spoilers there, but he's sort of doing some stuff like that. They go up there, and he and Tony are battling, and the mask goes on the ground. Tony picks up the mask, and he puts it on, 
And then he takes it off. Like, after he feels the power, he's like, no, let's finish this Toretto style. It's basically almost yes. a verbatim. You thought this was going to be a street fight? You're goddamn right. It's like, let's not, like, I'm not going to cheat to win. Like, let's beat <laughs> the shit of each other with our fists and just see what happens. A lot of fighting for a kid's show, for a kid's cartoon. He lines up the car. He's like, if Dom can do it, so can I. And he's going to yes. jump his car from one building to another. And then yes. someone says, what are you doing? Didn't anyone ever tell you cars don't fly? And I was like, what the fuck? This is so cool. I actually thought, I know that you just posted on social media. You were like, you asked the question, like, do cars fly? And I was like... Joey told me he's he like he watched this today. So like you didn't see this before you asked that question, right? No, right. I, it's I very asked the question and then I did this. Yes, you made it a point to bring up cars don't fly. I think that maybe they released Spy Racers in a timeline that perfectly fit with Too Fast Too Forever. Possibly, very, very possibly. I think that they've been watching and they wanted to align it so that it came out right after the movie, so that they, we would give them bonus press about it. Yeah. Then at the end, after there's the happy ending, after they you know they win the mission or whatever they save the, the world and Shashi gets arrested and they have the skeleton key blah 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 they joke about going to Japan I'm just like again yes very exactly. cool the only yes. thing I think the end was missing is that they Layla rides off because she's like I don't want to be you know stuck around like like stay join the family blah 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 and she says I don't want to be around when somebody remembers they need to arrest me I'm just like all you need is like a governmental pardon like in literally every Fast and Furious movie. yes yeah and he even says it Tony says it to her like I could probably get you out of prison or whatever and she's like, I don't know. And he's like, no, dude, like, we're, like, official spy people now. Like, you know, this is how it always happens. I was sort of, like, I was enjoying it, but I'm not, you know, I wasn't loving it for, for most of it. And then the end, I was just like, oh, this is actually cool. Like, this is, it's almost like you kind of need to watch the whole thing to get the full effect of the end. Because, like, if you just go in the end, you're like, wait, what is, what is happening? But at the same time, it's kind of, like, the end is cool. I think that if you're a Fast and Furious fan and you were, like, listening to this and for some reason you didn't want to watch the whole cartoon, I think you could watch the first and the last episode of this and like get like the Fast and Furious of it. Which, right? coincidentally, are the two with Dom in them. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like You'd be like, okay, cool, I got it. But I also don't think that if, like I said, if you like the Fast and Furious, I don't think you'd be like disappointed because it's really not that long. It's still less than fucking... Eight is as a movie, like time wise. Um, so it's like it's eight times twenty two, so it's like one hundred and sixty. It's it would be a it's a longer movie than anything that we've covered so far, but not it's under three hours. But it's like it's it's it'd be the longest thing, but it's still it's doable. And you split it up because it's like kids episodes, and you don't really need to pay attention the whole time. Although it hits the nods in some parts, like some parts are like very slow story wise, some parts are very fast story wise. But for the most part, like you could blow through this really quick. So, any other thoughts about Fast and Furious Spy Racers that we have not covered yet? I think I covered everything that I had in my notes in terms of fast oh. connections and stuff like that. Fast connections. When they go into Sashi's house, they break in to find the code. So he goes into Sashi's fridge and pulls out a frozen yogurt whipped cream canister and sprays it in his mouth. And I was like, Whippets? <laughs> He's doing Whippets in two fa- like in Spy Racers, just like we should. Also, there was like a flat earther joke at some point, and I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Because I didn't know which way this was going with the like begrudging socialism's bad, capitalism's good type th- You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this whole gray area of like what they're trying to pitch to kids right now. The last thing, yep. how fucking Brian of it, of this story is it, he falls in love with Layla. That was the his so Brian moment. He might be a Toretto, but he has a little Brian in him, too. Falling in love with the Forbidden Fruit? He goes to watch them. That's his mark. He's going to infiltrate the gang, and you fall in love with one of them. 
Good yeah. job, Brian. Yeah. That's like top tier Brian moves to do. That's so Brian. I think that was a quick rundown of everything else I had going on that we didn't talk. Oh, and they're in the LA Aqueducts, which I don't think that we ever get to in Fast and the Furious, but they're in every other movie ever. Yes. Right? So I was glad that like Fast and the Furious did go to the LA Aqueducts somehow. Yeah. Well, Joe, in two weeks, our next pit stop is something we talked about. We teased for a while. We thought we were going to do it earlier in the lap. We could not get our ducks aligned just because the timing wouldn't work out. But we are finally, in two weeks, going to be talking about Tammy and the T-Rex, the gore cut. Very exciting to finally get to that after the timing oh, of Black so Friday just didn't quite work out. But yes, Tammy and the T-Rex coming at you in two weeks after next week. We talked to Cara Gail Regan about the fate of the Furious. And I'm very curious to see, because, you know, after last week's episode where she keeps saying, you know, recency bias is putting the most recent one, her favorite, like if fate is going to be the same or if she's going to have problems with fate, like we're going to find out. I'm, I don't know, man. It's, she, it's interesting. And watching with a fresh set of eyes and like with someone that's just getting into the thing, I'm, I'm curious to see if she really likes it what she likes about it, what she doesn't like about it. And and she's a wild card, man. Like, she can go any possible way in this, so. So next week is Fate of the Furious, two weeks, Tammy and the T-Rex. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com. Come back next week for the Fate of the Furious. We've got that. And then we, again, don't forget, we've got Hobbs and Shaw. So we're not quite at the end of the ride-along lap. And also we got a special sort of bonus thing coming at you, an extra bonus thing that we will talk about after the lap is over. But we, uh, a little bit of a scheduling change, sort of. So just, you know, there's there's one more pit stop after Tammy, like a scheduled pit stop. And then there's going to be another unscheduled pit stop that you and I talked about very briefly a couple days ago, Joe, that you named very well. We're going to be doing that after lap five is over to sort of have scheduling and calendars aligned for all year this year. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about this. Yeah. But uh, lots of fun things coming at you in the next few weeks. And then we are just a couple months away. I think two months away from this week. In two months from this week, we kick off lap six. So it's not that far away. So if you're out there and you want to get in on the uh, Patreon, having us cover something, do that. The time is now. True. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever.